Second uh, Kings chapter 22 will allow our children to be dismissed to Children's Church this morning as we're finding our text. Second Kings chapter number 22. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1. is here this morning. Sister Kim recruited him yesterday to help us empty the storage building out. I've had we've had all of our stuff in the storage pretty much since the fire. And yes, that would be like three years ago. I'm out of the storage rental. So I said, what'd you do with all of it? I said, well if you ain't needed it in three years, you don't need it. I took what we couldn't give away to Waterfront Mission and whoever would take it, we took, I, me and Brother Chris hauled it to the dump. <laughs> well, I said, you stored all that stuff for three years, take it to the dump, yeah. Some lessons are, are very costly. You learn what you need in life and what you don't. So, uh, amen. I appreciate his help so much. And uh, I think I'm feeling the effects of being out there in that brutal heat. Uh, lifting all that heavy stuff yesterday, but uh, thank God we got it done. Second Kings 22, verse number one. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of Bosketh. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shapham, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And let them give it to the doers of the work, which is in the house of the Lord, to repair the breaches of the house, unto carpenters and builders and masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. Howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand because they dealt faithfully. Isn't that something? They didn't even need a receipt. Because the men were faithful. And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, or I'm sorry, Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath, hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest 
and Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and Achor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Asahiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go ye, inquire the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to all that, all that which is written concerning us. So if Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam and Akbor and Shaphan and Asahiah went unto hold of the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they communed with her. And she said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be kindled against this place and shall not be quenched. But to the king of Judah which sent, which sent you to inquire the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and has wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers. Thou shalt be gathered under thy grave in peace. Thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. I want to title the message, A King of Mercy and a Reign of Grace. A King of Mercy and a Reign of Grace. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we pray that you'll anoint our ears to hear it. Pray, oh God, that you'll anoint our hearts to receive it. God, that you'll enable me to minister it as you've laid it upon our heart to do so this morning. I ask you, oh God, that you'll look upon every need in this place, that you'll meet them all through Christ, save the lost and heal the sick, baptize every believer in the power of the Holy Ghost. And God, we thank you for it in advance. We ask it together in Christ's name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Well, in, in rightly understanding the Word of God, must understand that this is a book. It's a collective volume of 66 books that we call our Bible. But this is a book about Jesus. In the Old Testament, he's there in type and in shadow. Jesus told the Pharisees, search the Scripture. For in them you think that you have eternal life. Yet they are they which do testify of me. And John said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He said, the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld him as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So you understand that the word that was in the beginning, that was with God and was God, was not something, it was someone. The word was Jesus Christ. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when you properly understand and gain the understanding that this Bible is a book about Jesus, you begin to see Jesus in all of the scripture. Right. I, I believe that's the way God would properly have us to read, read the Bible. So in seeing Christ in both Old Testament and New, I feel as though the Lord has dealt heavily with my heart about this particular text for our message this morning. We see Josiah as being providentially preserved as was Moses, as was Christ. Josiah, uh, Athaliah, his grandmother, seized the throne from her son and then sought to kill every son that her son had, which was her grandsons. You want to talk about being full of the devil. <laughs> and the Bible said that his nurse, his maid, hid him. She took him to the priest and said, Athaliah will kill him if she can get her hands on him. So they hid him. The priest and his maid when he became eight years old, something in that priest discerned this boy's ready to rule in his dad's stead. And they overthrew Athaliah and Josiah began to rule when he was eight years old. And he was instrumental in rebuilding and repairing the house of the Lord. One of the first works that he desired to do. Man, I've heard stories about how God has moved so greatly and mightily among us. And the glory of that temple. I want to see it restored and repaired. And that's where we had picked up our, our text. As they were repairing the house of the Lord. One brought to him the, the books of the law. They said, we found the book of the law of God in the house of God. Yeah. And nobody's been preaching. Nobody's been reading. Nobody's been exhorting. Word of God's just been gone. Right. All the reign of Athaliah for those eight years, there's been nothing going on in the house of God. There's been no preaching. There's been no word from God there's been nothing. The Bible said they begin to read the words of the law of God before Josiah. Him being eight years old understood God to be a God who keeps his word. The Bible said he rent his clothes. He said, we're breaking every law in the book around here. We're not doing anything God told us to do. He said, you seek out 
the word of God through the prophetess, you find out what God has to say about the way we've been living. You hear the word of the Lord and whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'll do. And that's what we find in our text. But if you look at Josiah, he was providentially preserved or saved just like Moses was. Pharaoh would have killed him. But God as a baby preserved him so that he could grow up to be a leader of the people. And I think we understand that in many types we can see Moses as not only a deliverer of God's people, not only that, he was an intercessor when God sought to destroy them for building a golden calf and an idol. He said, get down, I'm going to destroy these people. And Moses interceded for the people as a type of Christ who preserved us and who ever lives to make intercession for us that we not perish in our own sin. Josiah was such a man, preserved by God providentially as a child. He uh, brings about national repentance, which in turn would cause God to hold off on pouring out wrath. He made intercession for the people in which he was made ruler of. And again, he is a type of Christ. As was Christ, he was born in very sinful times in which the heart of the people was given to sin and idolatry and therefore was condemned unto judgment by the law of God. Like Christ, his heart was grieved over the sin of his people. And also, like Christ, he took vengeance upon the sin of his day. He tore down every idol. Yes, he, did. He, he cut down every grove. Yes. He commanded all idolatry to cease mm, and to be shunned under his reign. He took vengeance upon the sin of his day. Do you know... The, your Bible said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. The reason Jesus came in the flesh was to destroy the works of the devil. And the writer in Romans said, therefore sin shall not reign in your mortal body. Hallelujah. That's the work of our King is to take vengeance upon sin in our life. Not to sentence you to death, but he came to condemn sin in the flesh. He don't condemn you, but he did come to condemn sin. Go and sin no more. To give you a new heart. To give you a new mind. The Bible said we're made partakers of his divine nature. It's the nature of fallen man to sin, but it's the nature of the Son of God to be holy, to do the will of the Father. He said, it is my meat to do the will of him that sent me. He said, I'm not alone, for he that sent me is with me, for I do always those things that are pleasing unto him. As Christ was holy, 
He has given us his divine nature that we might be holy. Christ came taking vengeance upon the sin of his day, and so did Josiah. As a result of this godly king's repentance, God's judgment was delayed, therefore giving him the title and the position of a king of mercy. Josiah was a king of God's mercy. I'm going to raise up a king that will take vengeance upon sin so that my people won't be destroyed. Yes. Hallelujah. It's judgment and wrath delayed. I want to tell you, Jesus said, for the son hath not come to condemn anybody. But that men through him might be saved. You understand that men are living under condemnation anyway. And the condemnation is this. Is that they have not believed upon the name of the only begotten son of God. All you got to do to go to hell is whatever you want to do. You don't have to murder anybody. You don't have to cheat on your income tax. Uh, you don't have to, you know, commit adultery or any kind of heinous sin. All you've got to do is not be born again. Right. Fallen humanity, the fallen race, lives under the condemnation and the judgment of sin. All sin is going to be reckoned with. It's going to be dealt with. All sin is going to be put down and punished. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. And except you repent, you'll all perish. Do you know the burden is upon the church? The mandate of God is upon the church today. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, teaching them to observe Whatsoever things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. You're under marching orders from God to preach the gospel unto every creature and to make disciples out of every nation. Oh, you, 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 man, that's hard. If you go to Asia, you've got to contend with uh, Confucius. You've got to contend with Buddha. If you go to the Middle East, you've got to contend with Allah and Muhammad. If you go, uh, you travel throughout America, you've got to contend uh, with atheists uh, and agnostics uh, and the lukewarm. It, it might be hard, but he said, I'll be with you. The burden is upon us. Without Christ, they'll perish of every tribe, of every kindred, every tongue, and of every nation. All good dogs don't go to heaven. Only the redeemed, only the born again, only those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus can be or will be saved. Do you understand now that Jesus is a king of mercy. You and I are living in what is called the dispensation of God's grace. 
Jesus is our king of mercy just like Josiah was a king of mercy. He said, as long as you live, I'll withhold wrath. As long as you are alive, I won't judge you. I'll let you die and sleep with your fathers before I bring judgment upon the land. He was a king of mercy. You know, Jesus is our king of mercy. We're living, mankind is, we're living under a condemnation of sin. Judgment is sure upon this world, upon this world and upon all humanity. Judgment is assured. Except ye repent, you will all perish. Of that there is no doubt. God is going to execute the wrath and judgment upon all sin. This whole earth, the world, everything in it, the Bible said, will melt with fervent heat. You know, part of what we call the great tribulation is going to be God's judgment upon sin. I mean, the wrath of God is going to be poured out upon humanity. He said, it's a time like it's never been before and will never be again. But in our text, God's judgment was delayed, therefore giving Josiah a title and position as a king of mercy. But judgment delayed is not judgment annulled. It's not judgment canceled. In 2 Kings 22 and 19, because thine heart was tender, thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and have wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore I will gather thee unto my fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace, and thine eyes shall not see all the evil that I will bring upon this place. In verse 26, notwithstanding the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah because all the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him withal. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight as I have removed Israel and will cast off this city which I have chosen and the house of of which I said my name shall be there. 2 Kings 23, verses 26 and 27. Then in Ezekiel 14 and 12, the word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it. I will break the staff of the bread thereof. I will, I will send famine upon it. I will cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should, deliver, uh, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it to, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beast, though these three men were in it, 
Noah, Daniel, and Job. As I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring a sword upon that land and say, sword, go through the land, so that I cut off man and beast from it. Though, though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. I want to tell you with what's reigning in the White House today, with what's ruling in our governing party, how they have mocked God and turned a nation and a generation towards sin. They're teaching our young people in kindergarten. I want to tell you, in, in government-funded daycares, uh, in kindergartens and in every public school, they're teaching abomination to our children. And God said, I'll judge the land because of it. Uh, I'll judge the land because of it. Uh, I want to tell you, we're living in an hour where judgment has been delayed. But it won't be delayed always. 2 Peter 3 and verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. He said uh, they forgot about one thing. The last time men became so rebellious against God, God judged sin then and he'll judge sin again. He said ask everybody that perished in the flood. They will tell you that there is a payday for sin. He said because the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. Kept in store. That's judgment delayed. Reserved under fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. There's judgment that is reserved for ungodly and perdicious men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord. As a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing. It's not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness. If you know that we're only being kept and reserved under judgment. Uh, we're living in a reign of mercy and under grace. Uh, how ought uh, you to be holy 
Judgment's been delayed upon man. But judgment is sure. God sent his son, our Savior, the man, Christ Jesus, who was born a king of mercy. Hallelujah. Luke 2 and 6, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. God looked down and seen a generation so evil, so wicked, so sinful, that he sent unto them a savior, a king, a deliverer to put off wrath, to hold off on his judgment that he might show all men mercy. Thank God. Josiah's reign as king was very brief. As the span of a man's life is viewed, he was eight years old when he began to rule. He ruled for eight years. I mean, 31 years. So, 39 years old he was at the end of his reign. That's pretty young. He ruled 31 years each year. For 31 years was a reign of grace. He was a king of mercy. And his was a reign of grace. You think about it. While he yet lived, mercy ruled and grace reigned. I want to say that again. While he yet lived, mercy ruled and grace reigned. Now Christ's kingdom is never going to come to an end. He still rules and grace still reigns. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Why? Because Jesus is on the throne. He's the king of mercy, and we're living under a reign of grace. Christ reigned. His kingdom will never end. In Revelation 19 and 6, Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigned. Christ's reign of grace upon this earth still exists because of his body. We're the body of Christ. Christ reigns with his church. I know that's future tense in the millennial that the church will literally reign for a thousand years upon the earth. I want to tell you, though Christ, be, though he died rose again on the third day. He sits at the right hand of the Father and the reign and the rule 
of Christ still continues from that day to this day through the church. The millennial will only be a continual of what is happening right now. Christ reigns through his church. The government of God. He said when you pray, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Not on earth, in earth. We have this treasure in earth investment. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The greatest place for you to live, not America, is the kingdom of God. Do you know there's not one single murder ever takes place in the kingdom of God? Do you know that there's no adultery in the kingdom of God? Do you know there's no slander, no hatred in the kingdom of God? Do you know nobody cusses, nobody gets drunk, nobody gets high or wasted in the kingdom of God? Do you know that in the kingdom of God, the will of God is always done? And from that day to this day, he's reigned in earth through the Holy Ghost in the heart of his people. We're living under a king of mercy and his reign of grace. But there's coming a day, folk, if you don't call on his name, if you're not born again, if you won't repent of sin, all sin is going to be dealt with. All sin is going to be judged and put down. Christ's kingdom will never end. He still reigns today. But he reigns. His reign of grace upon this earth still exists through his body, the church. It's coming a day soon and very soon when his body, the church, will be taken from the earth. We call it the catching away. The heart pays over. Rapture of the church. This day of grace will delay God's wrath no more. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that's people that have died in Jesus, that you saw not even as others which have no hope, that's the lost. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or stop them which are asleep, those that have died. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. Their bodies is going to be raised from the grave, incorruptible. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then he said in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, seeing how he's coming back and seeing how there's going to be a rapture in the very near future that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that 
The day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. He's talking about the day of the Lord. He's talking about when wrath is poured out uh, upon this world, the judgment of sin. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin, that's the Antichrist, be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth. The word withholdeth means to stop or restrain. You know what withholdeth, uh, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That's what's going on in Washington. Only he who now letteth will let. That's an old English word. Letteth means withhold or restrain. Only he who now withholds or restrains or restrains will continue to withhold and restrain until he be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. I want to tell you, what is withholding? What is restraining? What is stopping the devil himself from having his way in the earth? It's the body of Christ. It's a praying church, a church uh, he, that, that he said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy that nothing shall by any means hurt you. It's the church, uh, the churches that every one of us here, most of us are here because some saint of God prayed for us, uh, held the devil at bay, told the, told the devil, you can't have them, they're mine. They belong to God. And God, by his mercy and grace, dealt with us until we were born again. That's the only thing stopping him. Only he. He who now letteth the let until he be taken out of the way, then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not. This is why they were lost. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They wouldn't hear the word of God. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. If you won't believe the truth, God said, I'll let you believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks all the way to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. It was a will of God before the world began that if any man believe this gospel, repent of his sin and believe on Christ, that I'd save him from the wrath that is to come. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the attaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
every day that we're given, every day that God holds off on wrath is a day of God's sovereign grace extended unto man. If I were the likes of Joe Biden and his cronies, if I was the like of Hunter Biden, if I was the likes of a, of a Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, a Chuck Schumer, I could keep going, couldn't I? <laughs> Not just politicians. It might be your next-door neighbor. It might be your spouse. It might be your son or daughter that refuses to believe on Christ, that refuses to accept God's grace and mercy. Listen, every day that we've been given has been a day of God's grace extended unto man. And the message must be, repent or you'll all perish. There's no promise of tomorrow, the psalmist said. Today is the day of salvation. He said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. There's no promise of tomorrow. All you've got is today. All you've got is the present. All you have is right now. You can be in hell tomorrow. Genesis 6 and 3. The Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. First, if you help me, not finish. 2 Peter 3 and 11, I'll close with this text. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God when the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless and account. In other words, take this into account and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. The reason he hasn't came already, the reason there's been wrath and judgment delayed is so you might be saved. The long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given, or given unto him, hath written unto you, and as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest or wrestle, as they do also other scriptures under their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, Beware, lest ye also being led astray with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. He said, Beware, lest wrath and judgment being delayed cause you to think that nothing's going to happen to wicked men who continue to live in rebellion against God. And they cause you to fall 
from your steadfastness. They cause you to cease to be faithful to God. They cause you to lay your Bible down. They cause you to abandon the altar. They cause you to not frequent the house of God. You forget God in your heart. You live after the error of the wicked. And the Lord catches you unaware when he comes like a thief in the night. I want to remind you this morning, oldest message in the book, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Get your eyes on the prosperity of the wicked. Asaph said, my feet is well nigh swift because I saw the wicked in his prosperity. Look at him prospering, living like the devil. I'm struggling. I'm fighting all hell, living right, doing what's right. He said, but then I came into the sanctuary. God made me to see their latter end. God made me to see it's going to pay to live for God. You're going to be glad you gave your heart to the Lord. You're going to be awful happy that you shunned evil and you chose to live for Jesus. There's a reckoning day coming for all who are not born again. I want to ask you today, you've been born again. I want to ask you, is all your sin confessed and repented and under the blood of Jesus? Have they been washed away by the blood of the Lamb? Have they been cast into the sea never to be remembered against you? Have they been removed from you as far as the east is from the west? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know God? Do you walk with God? Do you walk in the light as he is in the light? Do you walk in the spirit and not in the flesh so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh? For lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin, and sin, when it is conceived, brings forth death. Have you accepted God's free gift? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you forsaken all sin and all others and all else to follow Jesus? Is he your Lord? Hallelujah. You're living under the reign of a king of mercy. And you've enjoyed a reign of grace. But it's soon to come to an end. He that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. The Lord's about to come. And that that's been withholding the wrath and the judgment of God is going to be removed. And all hell is going to break loose on this earth. And all sin is going to be judged. You don't want to be here when it does. You don't want to have to kneel before a thrice holy God on the day of judgment and him say, I never knew you. Go and serve the one you serve while you were on earth.
Today is the day of salvation. If you're here this morning and you say, Brother Eddie, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I need to know that my name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. And maybe you've said this a thousand times before, but I need you to hear me. I need you to understand. Whereas you've gone back and back and back to that wayward world, you've kept going back to the enticement of sin over and over and over again, that day's about to come to an end. There's coming a day when there won't be no going back and forth ever again. There's coming a day when you better nail it down. You better say goodbye to sin once and for all. Brother Eddie, today's my day. I'm ready to truly repent, be born again. I want to be saved. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Today's the day I want, I'm ready to be saved. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Stand with me, church. How many of you got loved ones? That used to be you. There's somebody in your family that's not born again. They're living under a a king of mercy in his reign of grace. And they don't even know how close it is to the coming of the Lord. You want to see him born again. A son, a daughter, a husband, a wife. Oh my God, you work elbow to elbow with somebody on that job site. They're lost as they can be. You love them. They're your friend. You'd do anything for them. I want to tell you the greatest thing you can do for them this morning is to pray greatest thing you can do to them is pray and ask God, give me an open window. Give, give me a divine appointment. God, open the door of opportunity that I can share with them the gospel and that their heart is ready to receive it. Their ears are ready to hear it. They're ready to obey and to be born again. Would you meet me in this altar this morning and make that your prayer? Come on, if you raised your hands, I want you to believe God to save you this morning. That today's my day. Today's my day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. And he was talking, speaking of the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me.